breakfast and I hate breakfast foods. I don't hate breakfast foods when they're in front of me and I eat them. They're delicious. But there's so much conflict in me around breakfast because the only thing I feel morally okay, ethically good about eating is fruit. And fruit for breakfast is fine, but really it seems to only be super good if you're also eating fruit for just about every other meal or you're in some tropical place or vacation cold fruit for breakfast and on a November morning it's just not where I want to be so I have to make breakfast and I could make french toast or I could make pancakes or I could make oatmeal and they all sound good to eat but there's something that just stops me from wanting to make them and I guess we're all listening to the process of me figuring out what that is What do we want to eat in the morning? What if we started with that basic concept before anything? And I know it's obvious. I know you already know this. And I know you could go, uh, duh, she's just figuring this out. No, I'm not, bitches. I'm fucking working on shit altogether. 
and I'm back here because this isn't this isn't nailed down. I would wager that nobody listening to this or anybody that has ever criticized them knows their breakfast routine all that well and is all that happy with it. Have you ever talked to people about breakfast routines? Uh, cold cereal or the cold oatmeal. That's what I mean, the cold oatmeal, the overnight oats. Ugh, gag me. No thanks, I can't do it. It sounds disgusting to me. I don't care what you put in it. Cold, sludgy oatmeal. And a frickin' mason jar, like some sort of Pinterest stereotype. But it gets us through, right? I can't do juice in the morning. It feels weird when it hits my stomach. Same with water. Are there just some unsolvable things in our life? Or is there something that I'll land upon that'll be good forever and I can just do that same thing every day because that's what I want so badly. It's not just in breakfast, it's in everything. I just watched this uh, little mini-series documentary. Be careful, puppy. Be careful. You're under the table, that'll bonk your head. Good job. Did that hurt? Oh, you weren't quite out. Let me see. I'm so sorry. That hurt a lot. Do you want a nurse? You okay? You want to just help standing back up? You're not under there anymore. Okay. Let me see. Oh, what's that? What have you got on your thumb? Oh, that's a special little toy. Was that your brother's? Alright. You gonna go off? I'll put something on so we don't have to listen to the neighbor. Oh. Our neighbor is power washing. They're moving. All our neighbors are moving. You know why? Nobody wants to lose their house in a goddamn fire, and it's already happened here, so our animal brains that love patterns go, well, I'm not going to build my home here. It's a fire path, silly. And it has been, might be again, but we're getting better at mitigating that. We're getting better at realizing that we're an intricate part of the forest process, and that things that worry us like logging can be done in a way that helps with these things without creating just a straight up dust bowl did you guys know that that's how the dust bowl was created they cleared all the trees flattened everything to farm on it and that's what created that whole dust bowl thing ken burns does a really cool documentary um about the depression and I think there, he might have one specifically on the Dust Bowl, too. Um, but full circle back to documentaries, the one that I had watched earlier today uh, that I watched this morning was... I love documentaries. It was called Gloria Vale, and I, I love documentaries because you get to see somebody's life without having to physically put yourself in the position of being there. So it's like a safe way to view things. Duh. Again, right? I love them for that reason. And so this one was called Gloria Vale. And it's about a community in New Zealand of um, 
people that live like in this I guess if you're in America listening to this, it would be kind of like the Mormon communities is what it reminded me of, but it didn't seem to have any plural marriage. If it did, they didn't talk about it. Um, And not all Mormons have plural marriage, of course, but this community did not have plural marriage. It didn't seem like, Um, and it was a very interesting format that they, uh, that they live in and the way that they speak. And I'm just so fascinated by these communities of, is it brainwashing teaching your kids this stuff? Because, so here's my thought on the one truth or one church kind of thing. I think you can find God a lot of ways. I also think that if you wouldn't be aware of something, if it wasn't shown to you, trying to think how to word this if you live somewhere where the church didn't exist like a lot of people have you don't not know God so the church is a tool an optional tool of God for some circles societies people, individuals, groups, you know, whatever. And then there's different forms of having those same things. And the more and more you learn about them, and I don't know anybody that learns a lot about different religions and says otherwise, the more you learn, the more you realize they're all beautifully different and snowflake-ish, but they're all snowflakes. They're all the same. They're, uh, different patterns and different uh, dogs barking. I have two very large dogs. Uh, As well as one small dog. There you go. Um, And the way some people choose to practice, I mean, I don't think it's any more brainwashing than letting your kids you know, believe other things are important and to be valued and lofted over everything else that wouldn't exist if we didn't build them. So, like, you know, if they're very into, you know, whatever social thing you have that's very all-consuming, I don't think that's any different than being all-consumed by faith. The difference comes when it enters your mind and the control aspect and moving forward. What do we want to do around that society? You know what I see? I already tell you. I pose this stuff as a question, but I already know the answer. I've seen for a very long time that eventually we'll be living in these little optional groups where we can freely float about from group to group and... um, They'll start as, like, little themed places, I think, as people get older. And a lot of people don't have family structures, so they're going to be looking for communities. And they really like fantasy, and and all these people are seeing kind of the joy of building and creating and imagination, and they've been raised with that you can do anything. And if you think for a fucking second there isn't going to be Harry Potter-themed retirement homes, you're out of your goddamn mind. 
or just not paying attention. Because, I mean, really, that's our future. We're going to have these little themed communities of people that can move around. And, I, you know, once we get past the hiccups and the whoopsies and the daisies and the, okay, that doesn't work, or the people revolt when we try to do that, or, hey, that leader turned out to be a scam. Once we get past that kind of stuff, I believe it'll slowly simplify into really cute little respectable groups. Like-minded people that like each other and live respectfully. And I hold that image. And what's interesting, I thought about it, was that I was seeing that for a long time. And I was actually thinking about it in terms of investing. Um, You know, like building these apartment complexes that are you know, themed as a fantasy medieval type life. So, you know, you live dressed and all that stuff. And then, you know, you know what I mean? Like LARPing for life. (laughs) I think that it'll be a major, major area to look into and that people are going to have temporary places they go and there will be some people that want to live a certain way. All those people that feel born in the wrong decade. You'll have your little Pleasantvilles and everything. And hopefully if we can keep, you know, the internet up and keep our our freedoms going, which we can because it's only up to us. There's nobody else here, guys. I mean, even the, even the somebody else's that you're thinking of when I say that, they're us too. It's all ultimately in us. It's just from a long enough timeline, everybody's survival rate drops to zero. And from a long enough timeline... Everybody's us. Zoom far enough back. So regardless, as we start finding ways to work together and still keep life interesting and fun, I think that's what I notice most about this Gloria Vale place, is that there's an intrinsic want for like an interesting life that they provide in a way that other like uh, fundamentalist or Bible strict, you know, communities don't seem to have accomplished. And I think that's a big part of their success because they're majorly successful and the people seem pretty happy and they don't, you know, it's not like uh, a lot of the stories we hear from what I saw. I have no idea. Maybe there's a whole other side to it. I haven't even seen yet. I don't know. I watched one fucking documentary. I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is that they threw a huge fucking festival for the whole community for free and fed them. And it was really cool. And I thought, gee, that was fun for them. It keeps them going. And isn't that the theme for right now? What little fun thing is keeping you going? Do you want some applesauce? I'm going to go eat applesauce with the baby. Yes. If you hear a baby ever kind of cough a little bit. They usually want a nurse or they're hungry. That's it. There's my little gem of baby knowledge I've gathered. That that may be something everybody knows, but I think it's not. When they do that, they're asking for food. It's like a nonverbal communication kind of a deal. Because histamine's the same thing that regulates your sleep and also gives you allergies and make and you have to take antihistamines so your eyes don't get puffy. Those histamines, they make your throat itchy. They also help you sleep. 
And when babies are getting ready to nurse, they get high histamine levels in their nose and their eyes get pink and they start to kind of cough a little bit. So there you go. And there you know. Um, thank you guys. Another day in podcast land, audio zine, net casting. Net casting. I never thought about it like that. I saw it put as a net cast, like a podcast, but a net cast. Net casting brings about all sorts of biblical imagery, doesn't it? Torah imagery. No, I guess it would be biblical. All right. I love you guys. You can find me on Instagram at, at Angela Jamie. You can listen to more of my podcasts or an assortment of wonderful podcasts um, by going on whatever you're on now listening to this. Or we're also on just about everything else you can listen to podcasts on. So, yeah. All right, guys. Um, Thank you to Open Lines Radio. Thank you, Art Bella's Dead. And peace out. I don't listen hard.